everyone, welcome back to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by DotLock.io. Why do we love DotLock.io? Because we love automated testing framework, except for the ridiculously labor-intensive part of building the test cases. But DotLock's bootstrap app will read your instance, find all your use cases for you, then put those into ATF. So you don't need to adopt some third-party test management system, and you get to capitalize on all of ServiceNow's future improvements to ATF. Check out the all links right. in the description below. And really, I mean, you owe it yourself to just to see this app. Like, just email him and tell him you want to see it, because it's it's fabulous. Anyway, speaking about future improvements to stuff, um, there's, been a <laughs> lot, there's been a lot of talk. I mean, we got Quebec released. There's been a lot of talk in the community about the stuff that you don't know. And do you know the stuff that you don't know? Or do you don't know the stuff that you don't know? And, and also, can talk, you ever know the stuff you don't know? Right. And also a lot of talk about, you know, do I go wide or do I go deep? So we thought we'd do an episode on how best to keep up with ServiceNow's product growth. All right. So, uh, Duke, you know, the first thing that always comes to most people's mind when they start talking about keeping up with ServiceNow, right? The first thing everyone thinks is we're going to study, study, study. So let's crack open the books, or in this case, docs, formerly the wiki, and we're going to read the release notes, which you should do anyway. We're going to read all of the hyperlink wormholes that you can uh, jump down into, right? Mm -hmm. Like just, we're going to click all over the place in this thing. We're going to read all we can about everything that's on the docs. The problem with that is that if you can probably start reading docs today, and you likely will never get finished reading docs. Besides the fact that they're going to keep throwing new stuff in there because the pace of innovation in ServiceNow is literally like rocket speed right now, mm -hmm. it, there's already so much there. And so if you're not coming at it right now with knowing everything on the doc site, like you're already behind, and you, there's just no way that you're ever going to catch up. So sure, you can read, 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 <laughs> read, 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 read docs all, all day, right? So that's, so that's step number one. Step number two, you get a uh, personal developer instance and apply everything that you've read in docs into your instance, right? So that's all about like taking the stuff that you've read, making it actionable, picking up that experience in that way. So number one, I'm going to tell you, I love the PDI instances, right? I love being able to spin up a brand new, fresh instance and comparing it to a client's instance when, you know, when I'm running into a, a problem or whatever to see if what they have is actually out of box versus what ServiceNow has. You know, that sort of thing, being able to actually try something before I implement it on a client's instance, that's always great too. You know, you just want to be in those situations. But what I really, really like the PDI for is to be able to, you know, whatever I read in docs or this new cool thing, I like being able to apply that in the PDI and, and really get that hands-on experience, right? That's one other thing that I do when I'm looking to study and kind of get up to speed, right? So first thing is read, 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 read all of, all of docs, mm -hmm. right? Then the next thing you're going to do is going to get a PDI and we're going to apply docs, right? Now, now that we've applied docs and we're feeling a little, you know, we're feeling a little full of ourselves at this point, right? We, we kind of know, know a little bit. We're going to go and we're going to join, you know, the, uh, the, the ServiceNow Slack channel, right? And then we're going to really see what a problem looks like. Because let me tell you, like you, you haven't hit a problem until you go to the Slack channel and you watch those problems stream, stream pass on the screen. And you're like, wow, I, um, I don't, what's, huh? Right. So you just got to go there and you sit and you read and you watch the pros walk folks through these problems and, and explain along the way of what's broken. How do you fix it? Good troubleshooting methods, where to start, you, all of that kind of stuff. Like there's a whole package of skills 
that you can't really learn elsewhere. But as you see other folks kind of demonstrate them, you can take that away and put those in your tool belt. It's like, I would have never thought to start there. There's just a, a whole community of experts that are, you know, demonstrating and practicing good service. Now, I don't want to call it hygiene, but maybe good service now hygiene. Right. And, and you can take a lot away from that. And, and in doing so, learn a whole lot more. Right. And then there's one last place I'd say is the YouTube channels. Right. Go to the Duke's channel. Duke has a lot of good videos. You know, get in there like his performance analytics video. Let me tell you, I know we talked about this last last week was his performance analytics video. Save my butt. Right. <laughs> So, you know, definitely a lot of content out there on uh, YouTube, you know, Chuck Tomasi, great, great content there. Definitely learned a lot going to his YouTube channel, you know, and on and on and on. Right. So, you know, YouTube is also a great place to get this content and get to skill up, to study up. Right. And you can put the time in. Right. So these are the things when it comes to studying. These are the places that I go. This is what I do. Trying to keep up to speed and and stay on the bleeding edge of uh, ServiceNow product innovation. What about you, Duke? Well, my strategy is going to be more about what you could do during your own, like capitalize on your workday kind of thing. Because studying is really, I mean, you might get a little bit of time via your job to do it. But most of the time we're talking about what am I doing on my own to come up to speed, right? So right. there's only so much you could do. So I would say make the most of your workday life. And the metaphor I use here is trench war, is All like, right. do the hardest stuff. Get in harm's way. Volunteer for jobs beyond your skill. Volunteer okay. for process areas you haven't been on. Go real deep. Listen real hard. Take copious amounts of notes when you're in the field. And that goes for whether you're a consultant or whether you're just building on your home instance, right? Your you're the customer instance that you belong to. Take notes. <laughs> Take tons of <laughs> notes. Pay attention. Underrated for sure. Be mindful and then get involved with kind of like friend and mentor network and teach, okay. like teach it to people too, because it's a different skill to express it so that somebody learns than to ingest it and apply it again. It adds nuance. It, like you hey, literally uh, insert rewind uh, uh, sound effect here. Yeah. Say that last part again, man, because that, I, I think that is often um, under underemphasized, but it's so, so valuable. What's that? That like explaining it to somebody changes and adds yes. nuance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, totally. I mean, half the time when I explain something to somebody, I'm like, "Oh, that brings up a question I didn't." But I'll be like halfway through the explanation. Right. <laughs> right. I'll exactly. Have a question pop into my head. Like I'm anticipating <laughs> the questions they'd ask, and all of a sudden I'm like, "I don't know that either." But you got to capitalize on the trench war. Like, there's nothing helps you learn more than actually being responsible for delivering it is just a whole other game of accumulating the knowledge. Seriously, right? I've often heard that until you're able to explain the material to someone else, right? Like you don't really know it, right? Mm -hmm. Or you, or that tells you, or that's going to show you how well you know it when you can effectively explain it to someone. I'll add a couple more nuances there because I know a lot of people who are like, they'll, they'll, they'll be certified on a process area. They know what Doc says about that process area and then they can repeat that back to you. And I'll be right. like, okay, now tell me what actually works in the field and what doesn't work in the field. Good point. Or what's what the field always wants, but that the tool doesn't provide. Like ITBM, anybody who used time entry was like, I need time entry records broken up into days. I, it makes no sense to have a time entry record that is a week long. True. But yeah. it yeah, just absolutely. wasn't ready. It wasn't ready till, I forget which version it was, but it was like, it, it, it got formally released like two weeks after I finally finished my own perfect version of it. <laughs> 
Oh man, don't you love that? Yeah, like, I do. I, I mean, you hate it, but you love it too, right? It's like, okay, they actually do get it. Uh-huh. It's like I wish they had got it a little sooner, but whatever. It was yeah. fun building it. <laughs> All right, how else can people skill up? Spend the money, right? Money, money, money. Oh, dude, it's not even that much money. <laughs> It's, it's not. You're absolutely right. It is funny how absurdly cheap it is when you really come down to it. So the first thing on my list, right, is to take a class. So let's just go ahead and whatever module, whatever application, whatever area of interest that you're trying to get skilled up in, just go ahead and take the training class if it's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and pay for that thing. Get that nice book that you can always reference again. Get that good instructor-led time and being able to, you know, interact with someone who's done it before, mm-hmm. who's seen a lot of this stuff. And, you know, get the benefit too of all the other folks in your class asking questions that you might not have thought about. Right. Get, get that whole experience because it's going to give you a better understanding of the material at the end of the day. And then go ahead and get that voucher and take the and take the cert too. And let me tell you something. If you're taking the courses at service now, keep your eyes peeled for Ben Forrest, that yes. that service now instructor, that dude, he just has an entirely different view on life. Like he just, he's like a brilliant once in a generation intellect. And so I'll be thinking that I'm thinking pretty high up and complex in PA. And then he'll come around and give some kind of like insight to it from the real world. And I'm just like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's literally like learning it's at, like, the, at, at the, uh, at the, at the Neomorpheus. Yeah, I finally <laughs> I finally ascended to the peak of the mountain. And what's there? A mountain. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah you got- like I'll just say on this too, like the money thing, and I'm speaking in the US Canada market for the most part, okay? I don't know what it's like in India or overseas. I know it's probably a different like cost value equation, but I don't want to hear anybody in the US complain about the cost of a mainline course. Like $2,000 to basically queue your work up for the next how many years? It's ludicrous. Yeah. There's people who are quitting their jobs to spend $100,000 on an MBA. Good point. today when we have an internet (laughs) we have an internet and you're going to go and get an mba for a hundred grand and like i I talk to people all the time outside the service now space and they're just they're floored that it's that cheap to enter and get certified it's not that much money guys it's not that much money and you can't just look at it as oh it's like x thousand dollars and i don't know it's just like okay well it's what it allows you to access it to and not only that, dude, if you're an independent consultant as I am, right, like that, that, that X, those X dollars, right? Like, yeah, I, I might lose, you know, a week of, of billable time. But when I come back with that skill set, like all of a sudden my client pool is opened up a, a, a lot more than it was before, right. I, before I got that cert. That cert. So, you know, I, I'm working more now, right? And mm-hmm. I can up my billable rate more now, right? Because I'm more valuable, Right. Like this is this is an investment. It's not spending money. It's an investment. Right. If if there's a wall separating you from a case with fifty thousand dollars in it, you for darn sure would pay a carpenter two thousand dollars to put a door in that wall. There you go. (laughs) Right there. That right there. (laughs) That right there, because that's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. You would absolutely pay $2,000 to get a door in that wall so you can get to the other side with them where the money is. That's what ServiceNow training unlocks for you. Mm-hmm. That right there. All right. 
The last strategy we're going to cover in terms of how do I keep up with ServiceNow's pace of growth is just don't. <laughs> and it's it's counterintuitive, but you know, Basically. I just yeah, I just <laughs> released a video talking about go deep, don't go wide, go deep. At a certain point, let's say you are taking copious amounts of notes when you're in the trenches and you're teaching it to people and you've spent the money and taken all the courses and you're spending hours a day studying. Well, you could still not know a ton of the platform. And Corey and I decided to have a little game today because he and I basically do all these strategies anyway. And we thought it would be fun to kind of demonstrate just how many gaps there are still, even after you do that. I dedicate my life to service now. And we're going to see all kinds of holes in my knowledge. So Corey and I have a little, <laughs> Corey and I have a little game where we're just going to talk about, hey, tell me what you know about, and we'll just insert topics and see all the places we get stumped. And we'll do that for the rest of the show. And you guys can be entertained about how little we know about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. You want to take us take it away, Corey? Yeah, we'll start. I'll start with something relatively new that I'm pretty sure you're not going to know about. So actually, you might get this one. What do you know about the UI builder, the now experienced UI builder. What do you know about that? <sighs> Not a whole lot. My first question in my head is like, is this seismic? Is this finally the thing? That's a good or question, is it? right? I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's just a different, it's kind of like a way to make your own workspaces, right? Like so if that's you just want to yeah. blur the line between like a form and a list and a map, you could do that with the UI builder, right? Yeah, what it reminds me of is kind of like a uh, one of those legacy WYSIWYG kind of uh, development experiences from back in the day. Magic Tool Service Desk, yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you can kind of drag things here and there and throw them in a form and, and you know, and things look like what you expect them and, to look like. Yeah, yeah. And bevels, dude. Big chunky yeah, bevels. bevels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss Everybody bevels. needs bevels over there. So yeah. You gotta, gotta do it. Yeah, I love that wussy wig aspect of it. It's like, I remember remember when the conversation for years was like, how do I get three columns of fields on a form? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, how, man. Like, think about where we are right now and then think about how that was the main complaint back in the day. It's like, yeah. how can we get this form to be, and I'm sorry, service now, how can we get this form to be prettier, right? Yeah. Like, because that is, that is what I got, I had to hear. Like, all the time when I was, if probably for the first three or four years of my service now career, mm -hmm. how do we make this form prettier? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like, I couldn't way. tell you how to build with it. So no. yeah, I don't know too much about UI builder. What can you tell me about KPI signals? Whoa. Yeah. So tapa, 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 docs, doc, service now.com, <laughs> tapa, tapa. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. I'll be honest, right? Like I, I am now looking at the docs article on KPI signals. But before that, I had no freaking idea what a KPI signal is. And, and they're awesome too. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I'm looking at something called a three sigma parameter. Like what the? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very statistician-y, right? It's data science-y. Like you got to know what you're doing on the reporting side to leverage them. But they're basically like magic bullets. Everybody's got a data dashboard with a thousand things on it because these are the important things. No, they're only important if they're out of whack. So yeah. KPI signals basically allows you to establish a band of normal. Like it's normal that we have five P1 incidents that are overdue. That's normal. And so KPI oh, signal will basically wait for it to not be normal. Like you got eight, that's way more than five. 
And so the KPI signal goes off, which is awesome. And now in Quebec, they have an anti-signal. So it tells you when you're back to normal. Like that just takes so much sweat and labor and unknown out of reporting. Because you don't have to have everything on the same effing dashboard. Yeah. You know what I worry about though, Duke? When I, when I think about this, this is both great and could possibly be the worst thing of all time. And, and this is why I say that. Can you imagine everybody normalizing all of their crappy data? You said something. You said, oh, it's normal for us to have five P1s out there unclosed, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's no, that's not normal anywhere. <laughs> let's yeah, let's be is. clear about that. No, there's, like, I, I'd say there's, uh, past a certain size, there's no organization in the world that is not dealing with five P1s at any one time. Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking about it from the standpoint of a P1 just kind of hanging out for a week, you know, and having like five of those out there. Right. Like, I, don't, like, I, I mean, I guess, you know, there could be, it could be very normal, right, to have a lot of fires going on in, in, a, in an organization of a huge size, right? Right. All right. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I can see some normalization issues here with some folks. Just going ahead and saying this is what we this is what we should do. So here's my next one here, Duke. Can you tell me okay. if you've ever heard of a REST API trigger? Is that a flow designer activity? It is. It oh, is. I was guessing though. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're you're clicking on all cil- uh, c- cylinders here. Somebody is obviously doing the part of study, 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 read docs, docs, docs. But how would you, like, okay, so how do we practically use that? Is that where I'm midway through a flow and I got to go, like, check some other database for something to be true and then I might do something based off of something that exists somewhere else? Or is it more of a push? That's a good question, man. It's handy. Like, it's like, that's awesome. Let's just put a little, like, a little thing that's an integration right inside the workflow. Yeah, I mean, but that's essentially what it is, right? Like it allows you to go ahead and trigger your uh, your REST API directly from your flow, right? Uh-huh. So saving you a whole lot of, of work, you know, and such putting it somewhere else. So, I mean, it, you know, it's pretty cool, I think. I haven't got a chance to play with it yet, so I can't tell you exactly how good it is. And, you know, I'm only starting to warm up to the integration hub, to tell you the truth. I think it's I think it's a really cool feature. Always felt a little slower to me than I wanted it to be in terms of hmm. building integrations. But yeah, I mean, I'm starting to warm up to it. And I think this looks like a great step in the right direction for it. Okay, my turn, right? Yep. What is a log point? Oh, man. Log point? Yeah. Dude, yeah, never, I never heard of that either. That, w- that wasn't on my exam. <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it, sh- it should be on the certified app dev exam. It, if it isn't, I would be scared because it's that good. But there's basically these script analyzers that you can access through Studio. Yep. And a log point is something that you can add to your script without changing the script. It's like a separate record that you like, you know, in in the script editor, like right on the line numbers, you right click on that and you say add a log point. And it's like adding a record in the background that's not a configuration. So it's like somebody's on prod and they're like... I'm getting this error, right? It doesn't work right. But in dev, it works right for you. So it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to add a gs.log or a gs.info to the script on prod? Right. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're not. But with log points, you can do effectively that. And so it's just like, yeah, let's check this thing out on prod (laughs) and and log some stuff out on prod and see what happens, which is awesome. It's just so much better. I mean, half the time it's just like, okay, it's on dev, now it's in test, now it's in prod, now it's three months later and somebody's having a problem with it, but like dev and prod aren't even the same. Like it takes so much effort for people just to keep dev, test, and prod like aligned, right? 
anyways, I'm a huge fan of log points, but how many people <laughs> know about them? <laughs> like nobody, apparently. I, I especially didn't. You know, I, I, I find that there's a lot of this stuff, like unless you've come across it or a client has, you know, come across it or you've had like a, a real good use case for it, it just flows in the background here. It's like, I don't know, like I, I, I probably would never have known about that had you not mentioned it. Yeah. And I mean, the crazy thing too, is like, you check out my videos all the time. Right. And it's just like, yep. it's, it's, it's in there. It was in, um, gosh, whatever version it was, but it's just, this is, this is what I'm saying. Just studying isn't enough. Like you'll never know it all. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Uh-huh. Like, I, that, that, that's, that, and that's really the thing to drive home here is that there's so much in the instance and so much that changes and gets upgraded from version to version that mm-hmm. it's just really hard to keep up on, on all of this stuff. I mean, especially when you when there's a new app or a new process that gets dropped too, or when there's like some really, really great update, like, you know, the UI builder or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. like you could spend months like just trying to get on top of that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like what else did you miss while you were building out the components and learning React, right? So that you can yeah. so that you can build components, right? Like, so what did you miss? While you were doing that, like that's the trade-off that ultimately I think all of this comes back around to. When we started, it was possible to know the entire platform. In fact, they gave you the entire platform back in the day, right? Except for discovery and orchestration. You took a license and you got the whole thing and, and it was glorious. And you could you could pretty much figure out how it all worked with yeah. the help of Wiki and the help of the community and help of, you know, good friends. And now, like, I just don't see it as being possible, man. I, I, I don't, there's no way I could keep up with all of this. I want to be sad about it, but at the same time, it's like, why should I be sad? Does anybody know all of SAP? Right. I mean, it's just, right. they don't, right? So, all right, hit me with another one. So Duke, tell me what you know about <laughs> workforce optimization. Uh, and you can- <laughs> I know two things about workforce optimization. Jack and squat. <laughs> I'm praying it's got something to do with resource management that I missed the last go around though. Yeah. I mean, it is actually, that's exactly what it's about. Resource optimization, right? Like, I mean, I guess you could kind of tell that from the, um, oh, from, shit. from the name of it. Right. I was on uh, mute. Oh crap. I heard you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So workforce optimization is all about Obviously, optimizing your workforce, right? It's about, you know, when you're doing it for customer service, it's about keeping your agents busy, making sure you know where they are, making sure you got them assigned to the appropriate teams and channels and queues and work is being processed in an orderly fashion and managing shifts. And look, a lot of this comes into, into play, especially especially on the customer service um, side of things when you have folks shift work going on, right? You got people rolling off, you got people rolling back on, you know, this person works eight hours, the next person picks up and works the next eight hours, making sure that the work items, you know, if you got AWA working, advanced work automation, I think, uh, making sure those work items go back and forth and go to the people who are available and online, making sure you got a clear picture of that stuff as the, um, as the manager. Like there's a lot that goes in, into kind of keeping the organization running smoothly, right? And workforce optimization helps with in that regard. So really cool product. Um, really um, looking forward to learning a bit more about it myself. But again, like how, how can you know all this stuff? Right. And this is one of the things uh, I, when I tell people now, go deep, don't go wide, is that somebody's got to know that cool nuanced stuff in the process areas, right? Yeah. And if you go wide, there's no way there's no way that you'll be able to go deep with the, like to some extent, think about ITSM, right? ITSM, yeah. people have gone 
to the depth that you can go when you are a go wide resource. To go deeper in ITSM now at scale and service now means you got to know the cool stuff. You got to know about the, the like the AI for like perfect assignment. You got to know about all the different PA things. You got to know about just the deep, deep stuff that they're adding now. So how are you going to do that if you're going wide? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? And for somebody like me who loves the platform as a whole, right? Like starting to have have to focus a little bit more than I'm used to. You know, sometimes it's, it's a little uncomfortable, right? Because I like playing with all the new stuff, not just the new stuff in, you know, this vertical or that vertical, like all of it. Like give me anything on the platform, like at the platform level. Oh man, I'm all about it. It gets a little, I don't know, maybe... Maybe sets not the right word, word, but close. When you look at all the features that you read about and you see, man, this is cool. I really, really love to really dive into that. And then know that you're not going to be able to. Right. right. You know, you just don't have the time. And knowing that if you make the time for that, you're going to not be able to dive into something else that you want it. And is so it, what we're telling you folks is that it's okay. It's okay not to go super wide, right? You won't be able to. It, it, the, the time is here. These things are mature enough on their own to be deep products. Do you remember the first HR app? It was like four record producers that went to yeah. like to went to some like one basic extension table on task. And it was like, yeah, I know HR, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But now I'm like, Corey, tell me what you know about knowledge blocks. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, dude. <laughs> and, Knowledge blocks are a way to break up a knowledge article so that only certain people can see certain parts of the article. No shit. Yeah. And it came like, what's his name? Hunter Wolf. That guy created it from scratch back in 1912, like ages ago. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> back you know, when Gilgamesh it... traded pelts for beer in the markets of Ur. <laughs> but but it, it, it's awesome because it's like HR could have a policy document, right? But only yeah. half of it applies to, it all applies to full-time resources. Half of it applies to part-timers. And then a third of it applies to contractors. And so you could basically have the fullness of the document in one knowledge article, but then the blocks basically chunk it out to say, okay, this part just won't be seen if I'm a senior director versus a pleb. Right. Dude, that's, that's pretty kick-ass, actually. It is, <laughs> but it's just like, it's stuff like that is all over the place. Like, it's such a core piece of the HR experience, I'm, I'm told, because I haven't done an HR implementation yet, but it's core. Yeah. yeah. So here's another one, dude, and this is one that I'm, I'm kind of deep in at the moment, right? So what do you know about the virtual agent API? The virtual agent API? Yeah, the API. I didn't, I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds so silly to say, I didn't know I had an API when we're sitting on top of service now, but I did not know. I, well, okay. So what is it? What does that allow you to do? Basically have a chat agent in some other platform that can act as if yeah. it's on service now. Yeah. So it allows you to have a front end in telegram or, you know, something like that, or even connect on the service now front end and connect back to like IBM Watson, something like that. So it, it's like, a, it's basically, you know, exactly what it sounds like, you know, an API, but it, it's so cool in that you can now take that ServiceNow chatbot experience, right? And take mm -hmm. it out of ServiceNow or take another experience and put it into ServiceNow. So, nice. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy, right? To me, that to me that one's like kind of revolutionary. The ability to have multiple bots literally embedded in the platform, that's, I mean, that can be game changing. And virtual agent to me is one of those things that I know ServiceNow focuses on it a lot. I don't feel like people outside of ServiceNow focus on it a lot. I think it's a game changer. 
to me. I, I just, you know, there's so much you can do once you start building those conversations. I, I've done some really cool things with automation and work deflection that, you know, really, really show the value of that platform. Like, here's another example of just how preposterous a notion it is to stay wide. Do you know what the safe workplace applications are? Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, I actually have heard of those. Got one. <laughs> okay, listen to this. There's over 10 new ones in Quebec. So I've heard of one of these, the one that they built to um, help with vaccine distribution. And the only reason this one stuck in my head, because I was telling a buddy who runs a local coronavirus group, and I was telling a buddy that I can build something in service now to distribute vaccines quicker than whatever government agency is running this show right now. I was like, give me two weeks Low bar. and I can have this whole <laughs> thing in service now. And we can be humming. <laughs> and oh. then turns out like a week later in service now, you know, I, I see a, a push from them saying, hey, vaccine, scheduling, distribution, whatever. We're here to help. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that's why, I that's why I remember that one. <laughs> how, how are you going to do it? I'll, like, I'm just going to go out and say it right now. I think we're at the point where you could be a ServiceNow resource that only specializes in the safe workspace apps. And get by just fine. I feel like you could do that too. Yeah. Like screw ITSM, screw ITBM, screw ITOM. Um, definitely screw ITOM. I can't keep up with ITOM. <laughs> I know <laughs> everybody low. needs it. I'm just like, everybody talks about discovery. My eyes just cross. Okay. But anyways. Discovery probes versus discovery patterns. Like that's all I got to say. Enough said. You that probably means something really cool to, to an ITOM person. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to know, trust me. <laughs> that's right. And that's just like the safe workplace application. Someone could easily have re misinterpreted that to mean like safe, the scaled agile framework. That's another one. That's another one. And it's not just, this isn't your, your grandma's agile, is it? It's basically no. agile for business. Yeah, this is like a totally, you know, this is agile on some stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, like I, I had never heard of that one either until I ran into a client who was using it. And it's like, yeah, no, we're using safe. We've all, we're all certified. You're all certified. Yeah, we're all the whole team. It's like 20 of us. We're all certified and safe. I'm like, whoa, okay. I guess I need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like the point here is that there is impossible. It is literally impossible to know everything about the ServiceNow platform now. And, and this is mainly to us old guys, you know, who, who have been kicking around this thing for, you know, a decade or more now. It's okay to not know everything about the platform at this point, too. Yeah. It used to not be okay. It's okay now. Yeah, it's so. definitely. I to I totally hear you. And I, I only think I came to that re realization, like, I measured it in days. Six months ago, I'd have been like, no, I could, I could totally. Like, if I just took a month off, I could totally catch up. No way. Yeah. Especially when I realized like there's such a huge difference between understanding docs, even playing around with it in your PDI and understanding how the business logic and table works. It didn't click in fully. I kind of knew it in my guts, but it didn't click into my head until this year that you need significant field experience before you really get it. You have to yep. know you have to know where the product is weak to get it. You understand what I mean? Right. Right. You have to have been in that position where you have to, where you're trying to build this thing and deploy this thing and figuring out where the words don't match the actions. <laughs> right. And that's when you know that you know the thing. It's funny. Let's step back. Let's step up a level. How long have we been talking about like, you know, good architecture, best practices, guide people around the landmine? How would you know unless you had field experience? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, how would you know where the bodies are buried, where the landmines are sitting there waiting for you? You wouldn't because you, you haven't right. been, you haven't lived that life. You right. haven't tried stuff that blew up in your face. And let me tell you what happens when you haven't lived that life and you're out there architecting out of your ass and your client's like, yeah, let's go with that. You spend weekends trying to make it work yep. <laughs> because you didn't know it doesn't. <laughs> That's another CJ and the Duke soundbite for everybody. Architect out your ass. You're welcome. <laughs> but it's true, man. You get in that position and, and you're spinning you're spinning stuff to the to the client and you're you know like, yeah, oh yeah, we could do that. Oh, that's no problem. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll build that for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you're architecting all out your ass because you've never used this module before. Mm-hmm. And then and then, you know, five days later, you're like, what the hell yeah. have I gotten myself into? Man, here's another one. Like I was talking to uh, Jeremy Gartner the other day, right? Jeremy G. And he's Shut like, yeah, he's like, do you have any like GRC or IRM folks? And I was like, dude, what in the hell is IRM? And then as soon as it was out <laughs> my mouth, I was like, oh, integrated risk management, which is basically like the new GRC gubbins. And there's another thing, man. Another right? another whole thing. Like that's somebody's whole job in the ServiceNow ecosystem is IRM. Yeah. And, and I don't know anything about it <laughs> nothing nothing i know nothing and you know what it's you know it's funny though as soon as you paid your dues and you get to be an architect you get to go in front of the client and they're saying what can we do to to blah 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 it's like oh just check out irm it's a tool to help you reduce risk across the organization and it's as if you built it <laughs> <laughs> they're like thank you you know so much there's like there's almost like a whole class of skill to just know what you don't know yeah yeah. And, and and look, and, and also a skill to know how to drop that bomb at the end of that hour so you can get the heck up out of there. <laughs> right. Talk to these five people. You're welcome. That'll be $5,000. Um. <laughs> and and I, I'm, late, I'm late for my plane. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I just, I just got an idea, though. I wonder, I'll bet you, because we talked about, okay, it's impossible to go wide, like that wide, but... Even if you, I think you would be a step ahead of most, even if you said, I am not wide, I'm deep in these things. And I know all of these things exist that I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing about that is knowing what you don't know, but knowing what you don't know does, that sounds confusing. Knowing what you don't know is a, is a huge skill, but also knowing the stuff, knowing what the stuff that you don't know, how it, how it works in right. theory is very helpful. Yeah. Like, again, it's like it goes back to the IRM example, right? The customer asks you, you know, we wanted to reduce risk and, and, you know, increase compliance. Oh, yeah. IRM. We've got that in service now. It does blah, blah, blah. You can speak to that for about 30 seconds without having to be able to implement it. And that's that's your job as an architect and as your client's primary service now contact. But, yeah. when they, but also knowing that when they start talking, well, hey, can you show that to us? Let me get someone on service now on the phone and let's see if we can right. schedule a demo. For or you. like, I know, I know the guy, I know the guy or the gal in the ecosystem that, that knows this. And then you supply right. them that connection. And it's like, what's your motto, Corey? Provide value, right? Create value. Connection, value. connection is value, man. Connections value for certain. Yes, so this is. is like, again, it's okay not to know everything because if you know the guy that knows the stuff that you don't know, or the girl that knows the stuff you don't know, the yep. customer doesn't make a difference in that. They don't care that you turn the wrench. Yep. They care that you introduce them to the person that could turn the wrench. Absolutely. And there's a lot of value in that. 
Yeah. I used to work in, in like consulting, consulting, like executive consulting. And a lot of times, um, some of the things that was that were done there weren't us actually doing the work. It was us recommending or connecting people with the people to do the work or the contact that needed to be made. You know, it's, I mean, it was really a relationship, hand, handshake kind of business. That matters. And it matters in technology too. So don't mm -hmm. underestimate that. All right, we are at time. If there's one thing you should know about this episode is that it's okay not to know everything, except you do want to know about our sponsor, .walk.io. That is a tremendous amount of manual effort you want no part of entering ATF cases manually. Check out .walk.io and get the hardest part of implementing ATF taken care of for you. Absolutely. Also, check out Corey's website, techpoint.com. Links are going to be in the description below. Also, check out my company's website, Vivid Charts. Links in the description below. Always a pleasure, Corey. Same here, Duke. Always enjoy the time. And we'll see you next time.